chill across an already anxious country. State and federal prosecutors announcing the arrests of more than a dozen men who they say targeted the governor over what they saw as her uncontrolled power. The men, according to authorities, are linked to militia groups and are ready to instigate civil war. Tonight, Governor Whitmer, who drew criticism from the right over coronavirus restrictions, is speaking out. Our Pete Williams reports. Preparing to kidnap and possibly kill me. The FBI says the target of the plot was Michigan's Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Investigators say five men from Michigan and one from Delaware met several times beginning in June and talked about storming the state capitol in Lansing and taking the governor hostage. Their main complaint seems to have been state restrictions imposed during the pandemic, especially the closing of gyms. They called the governor a tyrant and even considered kidnapping her at her summer house then putting her on trial for treason. Members of this conspiracy on two occasions conducted coordinated, coordinated surveillance on the governor's vacation home. The six men were arrested last night. Police and federal agents searched their homes. Governor Whitmer said today President Trump's refusals to criticize white supremacist groups have been heard by them as a rallying cry. When our leaders meet with, encourage, or fraternize with domestic terrorists, <laughs> they legitimize their actions, and they are complicit. Investigators say one of the men arrested last night, Adam Fox, conducted meetings with the group in the basement of this Grand Rapids vacuum cleaner store where he lived. The FBI says he tried to enlist the help of a militia group, meeting with members during a gun rights rally at the state capitol in June. What the men did not know, according to court documents, their every move was being followed by undercover FBI informants. After two of the men talked on social media early in the year about carrying out violent anti-government attacks. State police arrested seven other men, members of the militia group, charged with planning to target the homes of law enforcement officers and kidnap government officials. As a mom with two teenage daughters and three stepsons, my husband and I are eternally grateful to everyone who put themselves in harm's way to keep our family safe. No comment yet from the lawyers for any of those charged with plotting to kidnap the governor, but if they're convicted in federal court, they could face life in prison. Lester? Pete Williams tonight, thank you. A heated debate this evening over the next two presidential debates themselves after President Trump, still recovering from COVID-19, refused to take part in a virtual debate with Joe Biden next week. Hallie Jackson has late details. Before the next face-off, a standoff tonight after the Presidential Debate Commission announced next week's Miami Town Hall would go virtual. I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating's all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous. The president dropping out days after announcing his COVID diagnosis and suggesting the debate initially set for Thursday should move to the following week with another added October 29th. Joe Biden's campaign is rejecting that instead calling for the town hall to move to the 22nd, saying the president's erratic behavior does not allow him to rewrite the calendar. We set the dates. I'm sticking with the dates. I'm showing up. I'll be there. And in fact, if he shows up fine, if he doesn't, fine. Biden's already set for a separate town hall the night of the next debate, with the president planning a rally that evening, eager to get out of isolation, and today back in the Oval Office in the West Wing. I don't think I'm contagious at all. Experts say it's probably too soon for that to be true. There's science and there's wishful thinking. Science tells us that it really is usually about 10 days after someone is first diagnosed until they're 
reliably non-infectious. While the White House still refuses to say when the president last tested negative for the virus, a key data point for determining who else could be at risk, President Trump has plenty to say on other topics, appearing in three Twitter videos over the last 24 hours. He's addressing his treatment, the military, and senior citizens, but not addressing any of his staffers who now have COVID. At least 27 people connected to the administration or campaign have tested positive. At least two of them, the president and first lady, gathering to honor family of fallen military members last Sunday, an event President Trump seemed to blame in part for his infection. I met with Gulf South families. I didn't want to cancel that. I can't back up, Marie, and say, give me room. I want room. Give me 12 feet. Stay 12 feet away when you talk. They come, they come within an inch of my face sometimes. They want to hug me and they want to kiss me. And they do. And frankly, I'm not telling them to back up. Melinda Kane's son, a Marine, died in Afghanistan in 2010. It serves no purpose. It, it points the finger at Gold Star families who have already sacrificed so much. And late tonight, a memo from the president's doctor says he is responding well to treatments and should be able to return to public engagements starting Saturday. Lester. Allie Jackson, thank you. Both Vice President Pence and Senator Kamala Harris are back on the campaign trail after their debate face-off. While late today, Joe Biden says he's still not willing to answer a key question about the Supreme Court. Jeff Bennett has more. Tonight, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris campaigning together in Arizona after last night's debate showdown. We'll be ready on day one. Vice President Mike Pence holding dueling campaign events in Arizona and Nevada. Had a little debate with uh, Kamala Harris last night. Some people think we did all right. Last night, the candidates clashing on the pandemic response. The American people have witnessed what is the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. When I look at their plan that talks about advancing testing, creating new PPE, developing a vaccine, um, it looks a little bit like plagiarism, which is something Joe Biden knows a little bit about. The like senator the blasting the president's attempts to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. If you have a pre-existing condition, heart disease, diabetes, breast cancer, they're coming for you. If you love someone who has a pre-existing condition, Thank you. Thank they're you, coming Harris. for you. While Pence pressing why neither Harris nor Biden will say if they want to expand the nine-justice Supreme Court, a move many progressive activists want. Hey, you once again on, gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you now. The people deserve a straight answer. And, and if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court if they somehow win this election. Late today, Biden still refusing to answer. Now, my opinion, court packing when the election is over. Biden says he's not answering because all the headlines, he says, would be focused on that instead of what's happening right now. Lester. Jeff Bennett tonight, thanks. And this evening, Hurricane Delta is barreling towards southwest Louisiana. It's a region still reeling from an already devastating hurricane season. Morgan Chesky is there. Tonight, the dash to get ready for Delta. The Category 3 hurricane now 800 miles wide. You know, it's, uh, emotionally, I think everybody is just battered and worn down right now. With 24 hours till expected landfall, mandatory evacuations now turning interstates into parking lots. Here in Lake Charles, one of the biggest threats comes from the last storm. 
Debris from Hurricane Laura litters nearly every city block. Officials warning it only takes a little wind to turn this into dangerous projectiles. But I don't know that there's a structure in Calcasieu Parish that doesn't have some type of damage. Sheriff Tony Mancuso praying the city is spared. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if that's Mother Nature and that storm's going to do whatever that storm does. From the air, a sea of blue tarps, roofs ripped off by Laura just six weeks ago. Clifford Washington now evacuating with his family. He says he's had enough. You would rather move than have to deal with this yet again. And tonight here in Lake Arthur, about 45 miles away, Delta could be making a direct hit, meaning up to 15 inches of rain and a nine-foot storm surge. Lesser. All right, Morgan Chesky, thanks. Al Roker is watching the storm hour by hour. Al, what's the latest track? Lester Delta's back up to a Category 3 storm, 345 miles south of Cameron, Louisiana, with 115-mile-per-hour winds. It's moving northwest at 12, makes landfall as a Category 3 storm somewhere near Lake Charles. Again, for those poor folks, destructive winds, rain, storm surge for Louisiana, then continues on up into the southeast with a lot of flooding rainfall. The big problem, Delta's growing larger, and so the tropical force winds extend from Galveston to New Orleans by this time tomorrow. Storm surges up to 11 feet, and rainfall that could top 15 inches in some local spots. Lester. All right, Al, thanks for keeping track of it for us. In the search for solutions, two companies that make antibody therapies hailed by President Trump have asked for emergency authorization to give them to more COVID patients. But is political pressure rushing the process? With more, here's Kristen Dahlgren. On the same day, the president touted an experimental antibody treatment as a cure for COVID. I felt good immediately. Two companies who make the treatments applied for emergency approval from the FDA. Eli Lilly and Regeneron say their antibodies made in the lab mimic the way the immune system fights infection. This antibody blocks that sort of infective nature of the virus by not allowing it to get into cells where it can replicate and, you know, um, infect patients. Last week, Regeneron released early data from trials that included 275 people and found patients given the antibody cocktail cleared the virus faster with reduced symptoms. But critics like Dr. Rick Bright fear the emergency approval process is being politicized. For people who say they just want access to the same type of world-class care, the same type of medications as the president was given, is that dangerous? I would urge caution. You're getting a false message from the president right now. <laughs> Let the scientists do their job. Bright was the NIH whistleblower who says he was sidelined after raising concerns about hydroxychloroquine, a drug also touted by the president and given emergency approval. The president called him disgruntled, but published research later concluded the treatment wasn't effective and could even be dangerous. Doctors point out the president took several different medications, so it's impossible to know what impact the antibody treatment may have had. The stakes are high. Stephanie Landaverde's grandfather died of COVID just before the president's diagnosis. He felt that if the president isn't wearing a mask, then we're fine. You know, he, he, uh, he listened to him because he's our leader, right? He's our president. His family now in mourning. Worried COVID-19 victims are falling prey to politics. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, New York. In 60 seconds, making sure your vote counts. Our in-depth look at key issues and potential problems as a record number of us vote by mail.
is a great time to Tonight, we're just 26 days away from an unprecedented election, where nearly 70 million Americans are expected to cast mail-in ballots. That's more than twice the number four years ago. Those ballots sparked so many questions. You'll hear people say they only count those absentee ballots if the results are close. Nonsense. It's never been true. In we went to Frank Rose, the Republican Secretary of State of Ohio, for answers. Ohio, a critical battleground, siding with the winner in every presidential election since 1964. First up, can mail-in ballots be manipulated? What about the narrative that says vote by mail is inherently subject to being manipulated? Ohioans know that that's not true. For example, in Ohio, you've got to prove your identity when you request your ballot. You've got to prove your identity again when you mail in your ballot. But can people game the system and vote both by mail and in person? Not according to LaRose, who says poll workers have a list of those who requested an absentee ballot. If you requested an absentee ballot, but then you also showed up on election day and said you wanted to vote in person, you'll be given a provisional ballot, and then they need to make sure that the mailed-in one doesn't also arrive and make sure that you're able to vote, but only once. Bottom line, if the absentee ballot doesn't arrive within 10 days, the voters' provisional ballot will be counted. What about drop boxes? Are the ballots really safe in them? LaRose says they are. They have to be under 24-7 video surveillance. They have to be serviced, emptied at least every day by a bipartisan team of elections officials from the county board of elections. Then there's the counting of all those absentee votes. Professor Ned Foley is one of the nation's leading experts on election law, and he says voters should be prepared for the possibility of a blue shift after in-person votes are counted on election night as studies show more democrats vote absentee and it'll take longer to count those in many states it seems like that secondary count tends to be more democratic votes in composition than the preliminary count nothing wrong nothing nefarious Frank LaRose is well aware of that, so on election night, he will announce how many absentee ballots were cast and how many more they have to count. The next step, certifying the votes. Under a federal law passed in 1887, states have only 41 days to complete their count and report to Congress. This year is December 14th. So you're saying there's no contingency, there's no extension. It's got to be done by that date. So. Constitution doesn't give an extension. Are you confident that Ohio can meet that deadline? I'm confident that we can meet that deadline. And while Professor Foley says no state has missed the deadline since it was instituted in 1887, in 2020, who knows? People may <laughs> remember from movies is the idea of the death asteroid hitting planet Earth. Fortunately, the astronomers tell us the chances of that are infinitesimal, but that's sort of how you have to think about this year's election. You have to hope that uh, the asteroid misses so the disaster doesn't happen. One variable, a daunting number of lawsuits with more expected that could dramatically slow down the process. Lester? All right, Cynthia, thank you. Up next, the surprising new findings about the air you breathe on planes. My husband and I have